Ahem. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, ladies, and gays. gentlemen days and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here happy monday to all y'all i hope you're having a great start to your week um yeah after about a million a million freaking delays i'm <laughs> i'm actually streaming go figure um 
yeah, this is going to be a little weird, but uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll figure this out. But I am your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're having a great night, day, weekend, whenever you're checking me out. Um, for those of you who are live, uh, I really appreciate it. Like, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your busy day to actually go ahead and check me out. Um, it, uh, it means a lot. So thank you for that. Um, so yeah, just jumping in here, um, as far as the show, uh, haven't really figured out what, uh, the format's going to be moving forward, but as far as this, um, inaugural version of the show, going to go ahead and talk about, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, the allegations that he has against him right now, and then what that's going to mean for, uh, world wrestling entertainment as a whole, I'm um, going to go ahead and talk about that. I'm going to go ahead and talk about my honorable and dishonorable mentions. I'm actually really excited to go ahead and uh, uh, talk about those. Uh, my uh, full list of uh, best of and worst of will be up uh, this Saturday. I um, I will be going ahead and talking to y'all again on here. Uh, so I'm really excited to go ahead and bring that to y'all. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun, but uh, yeah, actually, I just realized I need to go grab uh, go and grab. Uh, I totally forgot to grab my water, so I'm gonna go and grab my water real quick, and uh, I will be right back with y'all. So give me just a moment. Be right back. y'all sorry about that but uh yeah so to go ahead and just uh, jump on in um over this past weekend uh allegations came out against uh vince mcmahon um i'm gonna go ahead and not talk about specifically the uh go ahead and uh, speak specifically about what's in the report y'all have google i i you can go ahead and Look up that information yourselves. I, I don't want to get into the grisly details personally, but uh, they are out there. Um, what I will say is um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me as a fan of this company 
that I just continue, I continuously find myself just shaking my head as far as what they do and how they go about their business. And I think at some point, this was bound to happen. This company was bound to have someone just snap and 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 finally they were bound to have someone just snap and go ahead and go, we can't take this anymore. And Vince McMahon has had a long history of this. Like he's always done crap like this, unfortunately. And what is so maddening about it is that he got to get away with it for so long. He got to do this for decades, allegedly. And I understand that uh, obviously, you know, we live in an innocent until proven guilty society. And I know that people are going to throw that out. Uh, I know people are going to go to that immediately. But what I would tell people is Vince McMahon and more specifically WWE has a history of doing really shady shit like this. This is kind of their brand at this point, unfortunately. And so I understand that people are going to lean on that and go ahead and say like, come on, man, like, you know, we don't know, we don't know everything yet. And we don't, but when you think about what this company has gone through and what they're, uh, what they should be celebrating, you know, a, a 5 million or 5 billion, what am I talking about? $5 billion uh, deal with Netflix starting in January, 2025 to go ahead and be the exclusive home of Monday night raw. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts when you think about the fact that this is what this company uh, is focusing on, is this incredible scandal with Vince. And I, I've i been a wrestling fan for years, uh, decades. What am I talking about? I've been a wrestling fan since I was five. So 31 years I've been a wrestling fan. And it's always been one of those things, like especially since high school, where you know, the blinders started to come off a bit. I started to see these <laughs> not great things that Vince was doing on TV. The one that immediately comes to mind, which I'm sure a lot of people my age remember, is uh, when he made Trish Stratus uh, strip down and go ahead and bark like a dog. I remember, I, I think I was like 15 when that happened. And, you know, in in context, a 15-year-old seeing Trish Stratus in her brown panties, oh my God, how great. But you know, looking back on it, it's it's a very gross thing. And the fact that he got cheered for that is fucking nuts. Um, but Vince, is, Vince has a history of stuff like that. And that's where, where it gets so frustrating. That's taken this long for people to finally actually, you know, accept it and finally get around to actually uh, punishing him, potentially. Um the wheels of justice move slow, so we, we all know this, especially when you have money. So I'm by no means surprised that it's taken this long or that um, there's going to be more. There will be more things that come out and people will find their ways to spin. The people who support Vince, it, it this means nothing to them um, at the end of the day. This, this will just be another thing to shrug off, but... This is this is an issue. Uh, do not do not sleep on this. And considering the fact they're on the road to WrestleMania, this is the first I think of several things that are going to go ahead and come out. So um, WrestleMania is in like two months. So 
the last thing that WWE really needs is to have um, is to have more allegations come out. So you know they went ahead uh, TKO uh, the new company that's a combination of uh, WWF and UFC. They're um, um, they're going ahead and they've already cut off Vince McMahon. They've already said he's no longer affiliated. He stepped down uh, from the board and everything. Um, he's done all that. So. If if that's the case, um, with them doing that, um, as far as other stuff, I think that you're gonna see a lot more dom- dominoes fall. Um, this is this has been a business. This has been a business Vince has had since the '80s, and he's just now finally, slowly starting to be held accountable for all this. And I think that. It's going to take a little while. I think it's going to take longer than some of us would like. But I do believe that because of the fact that Slim Jim over this weekend pulled their sponsorship from the Royal Rumble and then went ahead and walked it back after they fired Vince, I think you're going to see other brands kind of go, huh, do I do I want to be associated with this company? Do I want my money associated with them? I, I think there's going to be some some companies that are going to have to ask some tough questions as far as if they want to go ahead and actually be affiliated with them. And if you want to go ahead and hit WWE where it hurts, you hit them in their pocket. That You hit them where their money is. That's going to go ahead and be what actually causes them to, uh, to change, potentially. Um, I have to talk about Triple H, uh, Paul Levesque, who uh, is basically kind of the the head, uh, one of the head haunt shows now. I understand that uh, this is his father-in-law. I'm sure there's a lot of emotion going through his mind as far as, you know, how to move forward and what to do and all that. But the excuse that he gave, the lack of (laughs) an answer that he gave at the uh, press conference this past Saturday after the Royal Rumble, Talking about how we don't want to focus on the negative and we've had a great week. Uh, no, you haven't. You've actually had one of the worst weeks in the history of the company. Um, it, it's 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 really funny to me that he actually had the fucking gall to actually say that it was a good week. It has not been a good week. It's been a very bad week for WWE. But as I mentioned, this is not the first time that they've pulled shit like this. So... I mean, just off the top of my head, I, I promised myself I wouldn't do too much research. But, um, you know, I think back to uh, 2005 with Don Marie, uh, who used to be a uh, ECW uh, valet. Uh, she's since left the industry. But she got fired back in 2005, right after uh, WWE put on that ECW one-night stand uh, pay-per-view. She was pregnant at the time. And WWE went ahead and fired her. And Don Marie ended up uh, taking him, uh, taking WWE to court, uh, citing the uh, e- uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and saying that her contract was wrongfully terminated. And they ended up having to sell out of court. Um, I'm sure she got paid very handsomely uh, for that. You know, there's a scandal a couple years ago about uh, Vince uh, allegedly trying to kiss inappropriately uh, touch a woman. At a tan salon, a tanning salon in a book or and that got brought up and it just kind of fizzled out. Nothing really came from that. Um, I, you know, I of course go back to 
unfortunately, I go back to Owen Hart's death um, back at uh, back in '99 at the Over the Edge pay per view. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was portraying this uh, character named the Blue uh, the Blue uh, was Blue Blazer, and uh, and he ended up uh, being lowered down from the ceiling like on a on a wire. And long story short, the wire was uh, the the strap um, uh, was faulty, and they really didn't check things to the degree that they should have. Um, there's a great Dark Side of the Ring episode about Owen Hart's passing, which I, if you're interested, I highly recommend you check out. It's it's a hard watch. Do do not misunderstand. But if that's a uh, if that's a story you're not familiar with, I'd recommend that. But he ends up falling. 78 feet uh, from the rafters, Lance chests first on the top rope and uh, ended up uh, ended up passing away. And WWE tried to sue uh, Martha Hart, her uh, Owen Hart's widow, um, for defamation. And she ended up winning, I think it was like 18 million uh, because because of that. And so, um, I mean, that's just one example. I, I, I think back to <laughs> a couple other examples of, you know, uh, uh, Johnny uh, Lorner, who, of course, you guys uh, know as uh, China. You know, she getting uh, her stuff getting fired in 2000 um, when she found out that Triple H was having an affair with uh, Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, you know, who are now married. But she got pushed out of the business and Unfortunately, we didn't really hear much from her after that outside of her uh, adult film uh, career. Um, I, I think they are both very culpable as far as her as far as her spiral. Um, and that's before I even get to the Rainboy scandal, um, which I will keep it very brief. But in the early 90s, um, uh, Terry, Garwin, uh, Terry Garvin was his name. Um, he was accused of forcing himself on one of the boys who put together the ring uh put together the ring uh this guy named tom cole there's actually a book about it which uh, i have heard really good things about but um one of their agents one of the top agents the guy who actually came up with the concept of the royal rumble pat patterson he was someone who was accused of doing that and they were let go but then eventually i think they were brought back within 18 months of the scandal being named um which brings me to my big to acts as a grind with WWE, which is just always really pissed me off. So even when I was a kid, I was never a fan of Ultimate Warrior. As much as I love comic books, I was never a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. And yet, um, and yet seeing um, seeing him be praised in the way that he has been is just maddening to me because there's no part of him that warrants a uh, oh, an uh, award. Um, the they uh, WWE introduced the Warrior Award. Yeah, I think it was 2015 that they went ahead and introduced it. But the <laughs> the wording on the award, and this is straight off of WWE's website. Um, the oh, yeah, it was 2015. Uh, the award is for those who have exhibited unwavering strength and perseverance and who live life with the courage and compassion that embodies the indomitable spirit of the ultimate warrior. Um, this is a man who called Darren Drozdov, a, a um, former wrestler who unfortunately has passed, um, 
who uh, got paralyzed on a powerbomb spot uh, working a match with Gila Brown. Uh, Ultimate Warrior called him uh, the cripple. Um, he said that queering don't make the world work uh, back in 05 at a speech that he gave at the uh, University of Connecticut. Um, and then speaking about Heath Ledger, uh, this is an exact quote, the direct quote from Ultimate Warrior. By today's standard, I do have to agree he was a great father, perhaps even greater than the father of the year. Hulk Hogan. After all, uh, Ledger uh, did what it took to kill himself. His kid was uh, is without a father, but the negative influence is now removed, and his own child has the chance for a full recovery. This is the company that is saying that they're family friendly and that they're all about bringing people together and they're all inclusive, and yet they're giving out an award by such a hateful man. Now I know that his uh, the Ultimate Warriors. Uh, wife, um, his widow Dana Warrior. I know that she has said that he made amends and that he didn't dive hate any hate in his heart, yada yada yada, all that, all that crap. But at the end of the day, um, he said that shit, and you shouldn't have an award for someone who has clearly been so fucking hateful if you're gonna go ahead and you know, exile Hulk Hogan for the couple years that they did until the heat wore down, then you should not be given out an annual based on the goddamn Ultimate Warrior. And the fact that wrestling fans just kind of accept it blows my fucking mind. And I, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand that people just go, eh, it's fine, whatever. Um, And then the other thing, which I know most of y'all probably know about if you're a wrestling fan, but um, but uh, if in case you don't. So there's an old wrestler named Jimmy Snuka, and he went ahead and was uh, was having this, uh, had his girlfriend um, named uh, Nan uh, Nancy Argentino. And this was back in 83. And so she had allegations against Snuka for uh, uh, physical abuse. And apparently, apparently, Vince McMahon went ahead and told her, like, hey, you know, don't file charges against him. It's fine. Uh, she ended up being killed. And Snuka was the prime suspect, ended up being taken to court for it years later. I think back in like 20, like 2017 or 2015, I believe, uh, he was taken to court for it. But Snuka even says in his book that. Um, Vince McMahon walked into a police station. He talked to someone. Vince had a silver briefcase with him and he walked out and everything just went away. And the, uh, the coroner, um, the police report actually confirmed that the coroner recommended that it be ruled a homicide and it just poof, nothing came of it. Um, this company has exhibited at best really shittily questionable behavior for decades. So in the very, very double-edged sword that is um, social media, I understand that it can all just feel like noise. That's at what point does, you know, the impact stick, but that is a good thing about social media is that there are receipts and people are going to hold WWE rightfully. So they're going to go ahead and hold their feet to the fire and especially heading into WrestleMania season, their their Super Bowl in a couple months, we absolutely fucking should. 
these people should be held accountable for what potentially happened. And I understand if this man is gone. That's fucking great. I understand that Kevin Dunn, that beaver-looking motherfucker. I get that he's gone. That's great. I understand John Laurinaitis is gone. That's great. But I guarantee you it wasn't just those three people who were keeping that infrastructure of this of this going on. I'm sure there's more people there. And so you need to wipe all those people out. Anyone who had knowledge about this, anyone who helped uh, cover it up, all of them, all of them have to go. Period. They all have to go. And I know that, again, I, I, I get it. I, I get that there are people like me who grew up with WWE, who who love this company, who have such fond memories of you know, being a WWF kid at the time, you know, I, I still remember going to Video Choice in uh, in uh, Grover Beach, California, and watching uh, renting WrestleMania 10 for the first time. I still remember watching Brett versus Owen, uh, best opening match maybe for pay per view ever. By the way, um, I remember watching Brett versus Owen and just being enthralled by that matchup. I remember watching. You know, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, aka Scott Hall, the the ladder match. You know, I I love that fucking match. I, you know, I I understand that there are people who have these intense intense memories with this company, and I, I get it. I, I completely understand, and I'm as conflicted as you are. But these people need to be held responsible for what they've done potentially. And even if Vince didn't do any of this. Let's just say that he is absolved and nothing happened. The fact of the matter that when Vince stepped down originally, like 18 months ago, and there were multiple reports that came out that the mood backstage felt lighter and that people felt more comfortable, that alone is reason for him to step down. He should not be involved with this company anymore, period. And if Triple H has shown anything... um, since Vince, uh, when Vince left the first time, is Triple H a perfect booker? No, but you know, uh, you're talking to an AEW fan, and I, you know, I think Tony Khan has done several things that will change. It, it's not about that, it's about providing a safe space for these men and women to be able to work. And Vince McMahon doesn't provide that. Um, I, I think back to some of the things that Vince has said, you know, like about e- even his daughter in, you know, quote, storyline, unquote, that have just been absolutely vile. And I, I think back to this one time, I, I can't remember when it was, I think it was like 05, 06, where Vince is being interviewed by Jim Ross, the best announcer in the history of wrestling, by the way. He looks him dead in the eyes and said, I love destroying lives. It turns me on. And I know that's, you know, his quote character unquote, but I remember when he said that and just kind of having this genuine chill of, I think there's a lot more truth in that statement than he would ever admit. So I would really encourage people to take your blinders off. Again, I understand thinking about any of what Vince did in that document being true is fucking horrifying. But I would ask you, imagine what it's like potentially being one of his employees, being one of his female employees, and knowing that at any time this man could go ahead and ruin your fucking career just because you didn't sleep with him or you didn't do fill in the blank. 
So I'd really encourage you to actually, the people to actually think about that and think about what these people potentially went through. And all we can hope at this time is that these people go ahead and they clean house on all the people that went ahead and had anything to contribute to what Vince has allegedly done. Um, I will end, I will end this with, um, I will end this with one last statement. And it's actually from a, a promo that the undertaker, uh, Mark Calloway said about Vince command when they were about to have a buried alive match at that year's survivor series. There comes a time when you have to be held accountable for your actions, everyone, even if your name is Vince McMahon. So Road to WrestleMania, I'll, I'll probably be talking about it on future streams. Um, oh, yeah, and actually, before I even move on, uh, it was announced today uh, that CM Punk, uh, multiple outlets are reporting, uh, including uh, Cultaholic and PW Insider, um, multiple outlets are confirming that CM Punk got injured uh, this past Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Uh, he just CM Punk just came back. He's only been back a couple months, and uh, he came back at Survivor Series. So he's been back about two months. Um, the rumor plan was it was supposed to be him for Seth Rollins for the uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Since CM Punk is injured, tore bicep. Um, this is not the bicep he tore when he was re- uh, wrestling in AEW. Um, but yeah, when he tore his bicep, recovery on that is about four to six months. So it's looking like he's going to go ahead. He's going to miss WrestleMania. So CM Punk, once again, just he cannot get to Mania. He cannot get that main event. It, it, it sucks for him. And look, I understand that CM Punk is like, a cantankerous, uh, cantankerous, you know, snarky asshole. As someone who uh, definitely relates to that, <laughs> I, 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 I get it. Um, but the man's forty-five years old, and I don't want to, I don't want to be a dick about it. But maybe it's time. His body might just be breaking down. Um, he's, you know, he got injured. Uh, before his UFC debut, um, obviously he got more injured. Actually, once he got in the octagon, but but he, you know, he he his UFC uh, debut was delayed uh, because of injury. Um, he was AEW champion twice. They tried, you know, Tony Khan tried it twice. He got injured twice. I I I get it. I, I get the man wants to do this. I get the man wants to work, but I I, I don't know, y'all. It, it, it just may not be. It may not be in the cards. Um, as a fan of his, as I mentioned, I hope he has a speedy recovery. I hope he's able to get back and be back better than ever. Um, I mean, if he gets the surgery this week, so let's just say he gets surgery on like the the second. Let's just say that's February. Uh, was that March, April, March, April, May, June, July, August? Four to six months. That maybe puts him back in the ring SummerSlam, which might be held overseas this year. Um, rumors are uh, rumors of uh, there have been little rumblings about that. So maybe he's back in time for the biggest party of the summer, and you can do Seth Rollins for CM Punk there potentially. But um, yeah, um, it sucks that he's missing, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in his absence. But 
yeah, a definite uh, a definite blow um, heading into into WrestleMania season. But it'll be interesting to see how they uh, go ahead and, and uh, discuss that because they're going to go ahead and talk about that on Raw tonight. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to uh, to see that. But uh, um, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But um, yeah, so we'll see what they do there. But I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and I will be right back to go ahead and talk about my honorable mentions for my uh, best of and worst of. I will be right back, y'all.
All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, all right. So I want to talk about my best of and worst of. I'm going to talk about that in full uh, this Saturday when I go ahead and go back alive with y'all. But uh, for today, I'm going to go ahead and keep it a little simpler. I'm going to go ahead and just talk about my um, honorable mentions um, and my best of, worst of. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to, uh, to bring that to y'all. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump on in here um, as far as uh, starting with... Um, I'm going to start with uh, dishonorable mentions. Uh, I watch a lot of stuff each year. Um, I'm very lucky to go ahead and have uh, studios uh, on occasion synth screeners and things like that. So I'm uh, I'm very blessed on that front. But uh, there was some there was some bullshit that came out this year, and I, <laughs> I I was really quite frustrated by a lot of what came out this year. Um, uh, yeah, but I digress. So let me go ahead and just uh, let me go ahead and just jump in here. So. It's not going to be in my uh, crack my top ten, but one of the films that just really pissed me off this year, uh, The Flash. Um, hate is a strong word because I actually like two things about this movie. I really liked uh, Sasha Kale's portrayal of uh, Kara Zor-El, uh, of course, uh, known to uh, less nerdy people as Supergirl. Uh, I really liked her portrayal. There's this one shot of her. Uh, hovering above Wayne Manor where she's talking to Ezra Miller's Barry Allen that I actually thought was a really beautiful shot. Um, if you've seen the movie, you probably know the shot I'm talking about. Um, absolutely love that shot. think it's fucking gorgeous. And the initial escape scene with her, I thought was really well handled. And I thought was really well done. Um, and then two, of course, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is Batman. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know he says it, but goddamn it, he's he's fucking great at um, he's fucking great in it. Um, but with that said, I think Ezra Miller. I mean, taking away their scandals and everything, putting all that on the back burner. There's just a shit Barry Allen. <laughs> there's just a terrible Barry. Uh, uh, there's just a terrible Barry Allen. There, there's nothing about them in any way that resembles the uh, comic book counterpart. I understand that there are people who just wanted it to work because it's the flash on the big screen. I, I honestly do get that. Um, you're talking to someone who grew up with, you know, the nineties Captain America movie and uh, Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. I trust me. I get it. When you're getting scraps, <laughs> you, you're just like, please give me, give me anything to, you know, sustain me. I, I completely understand. Pardon me. With that said, though, um, Grant Gustin's been a better Flash. He was a better Flash even when that show was giving him jack and shit to do. He was a better uh, Barry Allen than Ezra Miller was. Um, suit looked better <laughs> by the end as well, too. So it's just it's one of those things where I go, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand why. Um, I don't understand why DC was so because DC, let's be real, DC was leaning into it. They're like, this is one of the best superhero movies ever. And you know, James Gunn was even out saying that shit. And it's like, dude, don't 
don't lie. Like, you know this isn't one of the best superhero movies ever. You know this shit's bad. And, you know, uh, it, it's it's frustrating. It, it's really frustrating because you you know there's a, there, there's a great movie in here somewhere. I, I really do believe that. But goddamn, this is just, this was not it. This was not the Flash movie that fans of this character deserve. And I understand that there will be those people who, of course, go like, oh, you're being a hater and all that. And that's fine. But whether it's the CGI rescuing of the babies or the fact that he, uh, (laughs) pun intended, flashes someone or, you know, the random girl going, you're hot. It's just, it just feels like they're trying so hard to sell you on this shit when they know that it's not good shit. So, um, yeah, I, I think the flash is a, a really bad film and it's, it's bordering on suicide squad for me levels of bad because of the cameos, the CGI cameos that they had, I thought were fucking, uh, vile. I thought they were disgusting. Uh, I th- Nicholas Cage is still fucking alive. You couldn't just give him a fucking Superman suit. You had to do that CGI monstrosity. Um, Nicholas Cage talked about it. He talked about how he actually went down and filmed shit, and how and how they were like, "Oh no, 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 it's fine. We'll CGI it." I, I just, I, I don't get it. I really don't understand how people are just, you know, how. People are defending the uh, defending the shit. Um, it's not a good film. I, I know people talk shit about the Marvels and you know about Quantum Mania, and I, I I had a lot of fun with the Marvels. I like Quantum Mania, um, but goddamn, I, I, I never felt um, even the Modok shit, which I mean, admittedly, you know, <laughs> um, as far as how it looks, but I just never felt like my. Um, I never felt like my intelligence was being insulted in the way that I felt when I was watching The Flash. Um, I'm really happy that James Gunn is there. I'm happy that James Gunn is Lord willing, Lord fucking willing, he's going to write this fucking ship. Um, I, I, I pray he does, because, look, you're talking to someone who has, you know, DC um, DC encyclopedias. On his on his bookshelf, um, I love the brand as much shit as I give Snyder fans. You deserve it, by the way. I I, I love the brand. I, I really do love the DC brand. But goddamn, it has been it's been rough sledding um, for y'all. I still haven't watched Fear of the Gods. Everyone that I've talked to has said like, eh, you don't really need to, which you know, not not great, not great to hear that. Um, but. I don't know. I, 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 I do hope, I really hope they figured it out. I really do. I really hope that James Gunn um, knows what he's doing. I, I believe he does. The Suicide Squad is one of my favorite um, is one of my favorite comic book films ever. I, I, I fucking love The Suicide Squad. Um, I think Gunn will figure it out. I, I, I really do. But it's uh, it's going to be rough sledding uh, for a bit. And, and, and I think that's okay. I, I think people kind of need to go ahead and let them cook a little bit as 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 the kids say but it'll be all right it'll be all right but uh that's a dishonorable mention uh moving on to another one um i don't know what it is about this guy um i really don't 
and I, I actually don't even, I'm not even super familiar with the comedian. I looked up some of the standup. Um, eh. uh, it's about my father. Uh, it's a Sebastian uh, Maniscalco. Sure. And uh, Robert De Niro. Um, back a few years ago, um, I reviewed Dirty Grandpa with my, uh, my colleague Colin at the time. And he had fun with it. I remember just being like, this is stupid. It, I don't think it cracked my worst of that year, but I was just not a fan of Dirty Grandpa. I was too hard on Dirty Grandpa, apparently, because this is way worse to me. This is just one of those classic Italian fathers, like, oh my gosh, you're getting a you're getting a free ride, you know. Like, I, I basically basically kept hearing Peter Griffin's uh, "Bob the Booby," "Bob the Booby," just the whole time as I was watching it. Um, I, I, I fucking hated it. I, I really didn't like it at all, and. To see actual um, comedic people in there who are fucking funny. Uh, uh, Anders Holm, uh, he, you know, you know him from, of course, Workaholics, but, uh, you know, he's in Top 5. He's in uh, The Intern. Um, he's in uh, Game Over Man is really bad. Never mind. Um, but but he's, done, he's done good shit. Um, uh, Inherent Vice also. That's right. He is in that. Um, you know, Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb is so goddamn, I mean, first off, she's fucking fine, but she's fucking awesome. You know, she's amazing in tag. Um, you know, she got the, she got the hookup with Tony Stark. What else could you want? I mean, uh, she's in, uh, she's in both babysitter movies, which I think those movies are really fucking fun. Uh, I love her in Talladega Nights. Um, she's a great, she's a great actress and she gets comedic timing and they just, they give her nothing in that movie and uh fucking kim cattrall is in that uh samantha uh, she's in it and it, it's just it's a nothing burger it's just a whole lot of like why is this happening um yeah i i really i really hated it not a fan not a fan at all um so that's another one uh i'm gonna throw out two more and then i'm gonna move on to honorable mentions um I've hated the last uh who actually I've hated the last three of these movies. Now that I think about it. The third one I hate a little less because I, I think um the main character does a good job as far as an acting uh, acting wise, given what <laughs> what they had to work with. I think they're actually pretty decent. But man, Spy Kids Armageddon is one of those movies where I go, this is being carried by its concept still and at some point like that's not enough like it, it you need to be better than just being able to tell me oh hey there's a cool concept what if kids were spies that that's that's not enough like, like it's not enough you need to be able to actually present a good fucking movie and these films for the last three have not been able to I reviewed all the spy kids films and uh the first two First one's a good movie. I would actually say the second one's a great fucking movie. I dug the hell out of the second one. Um, the second one actually has some mythos and some more weight as far as uh, you know, as as far as um, cre- uh, being gods, as far as like how we create. I actually found it shockingly uh, captivating. I-, I have to give Robert Rodriguez a lot of credit for that. But at the same time, it's one of those things where I just go, could y'all, like, could y'all give a shit? Like, could y'all, 
could you try? <laughs> could you please fucking try? Um, I don't think Robert Rodriguez. I don't know if he doesn't care about the franchise anymore, or if he's just doing it because like he has to. Because it does, it does border on feeling like an obligation at this point, which is what just makes me go, can we? Just really makes me go, can we give the property to someone else? Like, could we give this to an Ava Duvernay? Could we give this to Lord Miller? Could we give this to, um, I don't know. Like, uh, could we give this to someone else who actually would try and would actually want to do something with this? But it feels like he's just kind of run out of steam. And this latest one, it's got uh, it's got one of my favorite actresses in it too, which really broke my heart. It's got um, it's got Gina Rodriguez in it. Um, who you know from, uh, I was going to say Miss Bala. You don't want to watch Miss Bala, but you know her from uh, Deepwater Horizon, uh, I Want You Back, um, uh, Carmen Sandiego, uh, which, by the way, uh, the Netflix Carmen Sandiego is actually really fucking good. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would actually uh, shockingly re- recommend it. Uh, she's really great on there. But you know, most likely know her for uh, Jane the Virgin, uh, which she was great on. And then you get Zachary Levi, who, let's keep in mind, was fucking Chuck for five seasons. And he, it's like he forgot to how to be a fucking spy. I couldn't fucking believe it. Um, he's terrible in this. He's so goddamn bad. It feels like he just could not give less of a fuck about this movie. And he couldn't even he couldn't even get be game to kind of make out with Gina Rodriguez a couple times. Like and flirt with her like you can't even put in some effort for for that look how fine she is like like they couldn't even do that and look i'm not gonna sit here and give the kids shit um connor estrus uh connor uh esterson and uh everly uh carganilla is what i'm gonna go with um the latter ended up doing um actually no never mind i was thinking something else but you know they're they're kids. I, I I get it. You know they're still learning, but it, it's it's such a weird message too that this film has. Um, the villain I will say just because it's a uh, Billy Magnuson. Um, I love that dude, and he's the only one uh, that feels like they're fucking trying. Uh, you know him, of course, from uh, Aladdin, Inger Goes West, Bridge of Spies, No Time to Die, Game Night. Uh, he was just in Lift, that uh, new Kevin Hart film, which. I have not seen, but I have a feeling I will not be a fan of because I don't like Kevin Hart movies typically. But it's just one of those things where I went, I, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that there's just so little imagination in this movie. I can't believe the graphics still look like the first Spy Kid, uh, like like the third Spy Kids movie. This is basically a almost like a combination of the first one and the third one, except it's way more third Spy Kids than the first one. Um, which is really disappointing, and there's really no reason to to watch this. If if you're one of those people people who has kids, and you think, oh, we can you know rediscover Spy Kids together, just just watch the just watch the first two. You don't need the like if you want to be a completionist and you have to watch the third one, fine, I guess, but you don't need to watch these last two. That fourth one especially, um, just. Really rough, no reason, don't watch it. Um, yeah, quite, ah, god damn it, so bad. 
And then the last film I'll uh, I'll throw out just because sitting here thinking about it, I I can barely remember anything about it. It's uh, that movie Freelance with uh, John Cena and Allison Brie. Uh, basically, John Cena is special ops. Allison Brie is a reporter who wants to go ahead and do real journalism and go ahead and um, interview this dictator. Um, or maybe they're not a dictator. Who swerve? Um, it's a bad movie. I I love John Cena as an actor, um, as a wrestler. I will be the first to admit. Um, God, the amount of people that I liked that he beat just pissed me off. Uh, he his his shtick ran ran dry for me pretty quick. But at the same time, though, he's proven to be a fuck of an actor, and I I will give him all the credit in the world for being able to do something that Dwayne Johnson doesn't do very often, and that's be able to laugh at themselves. And that's actually made Cena a great comedic actor, whether it's uh, both Vacation Friends movies, whether it's Blockers, whether it's um, Ferdinand. He's actually a really good voice actor, too. Um, unlike The Rock, have you seen Planet 51? Um, um, and then, of course, uh, Peacemaker, uh, one of the best intros in the history of, quote, TV, unquote. Uh, the man's been fucking great. He's been he's been killing it. I, I will give John Cena all the credit in the fucking world, but I don't know why he did this. It, it's it's quite confusing to me. To, to to be honest, I I wish he wasn't doing crap like this. But uh, yeah, um, it's not a good movie. No reason to watch it. Just like don't 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 watch it. <laughs> so. Those are my dishonorable mentions. As I mentioned, I will have my uh, I'll have my best of and worst of in full. My top ten for both. I will have that up. Uh, I will be going live on Saturday uh, to go ahead and uh, bring that to y'all. So, all right. Uh, jumping back, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about uh, some of my favorite films that are not gonna make my list, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here. So, I'm gonna start with a movie that. I don't know how many of you have seen, but I'm a huge fan of the original. Um, I believe it came out. I can't remember actually when the first one came out. I'm sitting here thinking about it. Um, actually, I'm gonna have to let me let me look that up real quick. So the first one came out in uh, 2020. Uh, this one came out last year, of course. Uh, the Wrath of Becky. Um, so I just have to shout her out, Lulu Wilson. This young woman is special. Um, I cannot wait to see what she does with her career. Uh, she was in a, a Sharp Objects with uh, Amy Adams. Uh, she was in Annabelle Creation, um, uh, Ouija, uh, or Ouija, uh, Origin of Evil. Um, and then, of course, First Becky. Uh, she's fucking amazing. And she has such an incredible screen presence that I really think she's going to go wherever the fuck she wants to go. Um, this movie's fucking awesome. It's violent. It's brutal. Uh, Sean William Scott plays a incredible Nazi uh, slash Fox News viewer slash Trumper, and their back and forth, their dialogue. Uh, it, it's a very heavily dialogue driven film, but the cat and mouse game that Becky and uh, Sean William Scott's uh, character play. Uh, is is fucking fantastic. Um, I, I love uh, Daryl Jr. <laughs> of course, his name's Daryl. Um, 
yeah, he is the leader of this group called the Noblemen. Um, it, it, it almost screams Proud Boy, doesn't it? But I absolutely love The Wrath of Becky. If you're a horror fan especially, and it's lean too. I think it's like 88 minutes. Um, it's not more than 90 but it's a quick watch and oh my God, it is just, it's such a great fucking movie. And I just had an absolute joy watching it and where it's uh, where it stops. It does definitely set up for a sequel and uh, yeah, give me that. Go ahead and give me a sequel, please. For the love of fuck. Um, It is absolutely amazing. It's a blast. And I just absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I don't want to get too much in spoilers on this film, but uh, dream scenario. Starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Nicolas Cage. If you have not seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, please add that near the top of your list. It's fucking wonderful, and he's great in it. Um, I love Nicolas Cage. Um, He's such a weird motherfucker, but I appreciate so much the big swings that he takes and just how, in, in an unapologetic way, he doesn't give a fuck. It is all about what artistically fulfills him and i honestly love that i love the fact that that's what drives nicholas cage uh, at this point in the game um this being an a24 film you are literally talking or listening to someone who's a a24 member i actually give them money <laughs> to give me those fucking like pamphlets i fucking love a24 um this movie is fucking tragic it's it's like someone went what if we took a nightmare of Elm Street but made it sad? Um, it's <laughs> it's one of those movies where I kept finding myself just laughing at how sad and dark everything is. Um, there is something plot-wise, I think you'll know it when you get to the end, that I wish they would have touched on and addressed, and they just don't. But there is a attempt at a hookup scene that it's one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen maybe in the last three years. I, I just found myself squirming in my chair in the best way. I love awkward humor. And, oh, man, this movie layers it on. And it's wonderful. I love the awkward humor in this film. It's fucking great. And I, at the end of the movie, if they just tightened up a few things, this probably would be... Um, this might be higher on my list. It might be... Uh, I mean, it'd probably still be an honorable mention. I watched a lot of great, a lot of shit this year. I just fucking adored, but um, absolutely loved Nicolas Cage in it. Um, I, I I can't. Uh, I'll be buying it whenever it does inevitably come out on uh, Blu-ray. Hopefully, um, I'm gonna definitely buy it or 4K. I'll definitely buy it. I I had a blast watching it though. Um, moving on to another film that I just love, and I had this in my top ten for most of the year, but with some of the late stuff I watched, I just, I, I've, I've probably redone my list at least 20 times and I'll probably redo it one or two more times after I watched a few things this week. Um, Blackberry, uh, with Glenn Howerton and Jay Burchell. Um, I know people were talking about Oscar snubs and, oh, Margot Robbie got snubbed. She didn't, by the way. Um, I think that Bradley Cooper, that should be Glenn Howerton's uh, nomination because I think Bradley Cooper does a great job in Maestro, but I think from a script perspective, the film is very unfocused as far as what it wants to say about Lenny and kind of how they want to present the film. I think from a directing perspective, I think Maestro is flawless. I think it's fucking brilliant, 
But from an acting perspective, at least from Bradley Cooper, I do believe that uh, Glenn Howerton gives a better performance um, as a as a Jim uh, Balseal than uh, than uh, Bradley Cooper does as uh, as Lenny. Um, but I absolutely love Blackberry. It's nice to see Jay Baruchel actually playing like kind of more the straight man. Like he is funny, but it's definitely it's way toned down. Um, this is not like man seeking woman or anything like that, or this is the end. Um, it's actually way more akin to something like this is the end. Um, he's he's uh Burchell, I think, does an incredible job and really shows that he can do more drama. And I think people forget that this is the end has a lot more um dramatic elements than not. And I think Burchell does a great job of carrying those in this movie. And I think he does a great job of carrying carrying them in this film. Um, yeah, Baruchel's great in this, and I love a good Rise and Fall story. I just love a good Rise and Fall story. So, really dug it. Um, couldn't find room for it on my list, but uh, yeah, if you have not seen Blackberry, I think it's on like AMC Plus. I think you can get like a free trial. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's a great fucking flick. Uh, definitely worth your time. Please check that movie out. Um, I'm gonna throw out a couple more here. Um, so this movie is fucking long. It's fucking long, and I'll I'll actually do a a, a two for here. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I'm a Scorsese fan. I'm not like in love with Scorsese. I I again, you're talking to a Mar- you're talking to a Marvel nerd. You're talking to a comic book fan, and just what he said about comic book films, I, I admit it does piss me off, but. I um, I love Silence that uh, that movie came out with uh, like seven eight years ago. Absolutely love that movie. Um, I could not stand the Irishman. I do not understand the people who had that in their top ten. Or I've seen some people say that's its best film. I, I think you're high <laughs> if you think that. You I, I I don't like the Irishman at all. I really don't. Um, I think the performances. I think Pesci and uh, Pacino are great in that. I think De Niro is sleepwalking through that shit. Um, yeah, not a fan of the Irishman, but Killers of the Flower Moon. It might be actually, it's not even a might. It is De Niro's best performance so, since uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Um, he's fucking amazing in this movie as as King. He is just he is a manipulative, manipulative, evil just son of a bitch and i was just i was enthralled anytime he was on screen um i i think the nero fucking killed it um i'm not doing my oscar predictions yet but oh my god i could not for the life of me i could not take my eyes off the screen whenever um whenever he was on it um leo I know some people are saying Leo got snubbed. I don't think Leo got snubbed. I think it's kind of somewhere in the way of Barbie, where I do think that Leo is playing a flatter character to give more to the script and give more to Lily Gladstone. But I think the counterbalance on that is off, which is why this isn't on my list officially, because I think that if you tell the story... um, from Lily Gladstone's character's pers- uh, perspective, if we hear it from Molly's perspective, I think the movie hits a lot harder than hearing it from Ernest's perspective. And I and I do I do think that takes away 
from Gladstone's performance, unfortunately. But for a film that's three and a half hours, I mean, is it heavy? Absolutely. It is a heavy ass movie. I think I I think I took like five hours to watch it because I definitely took a shower in between. <laughs> uh, I definitely stopped like at the hour and a half mark, took a shower, got some lunch, and then went back to it. But this is an incredible achievement by Scorsese. I do wish, I do wish that he could have gotten uh, an indigenous person to go ahead and direct this film. And then Scorsese could have, you know, stayed on as executive producer and everything else. But unfortunately, you know, Scorsese's a name, not unfortunate that he's a name, but unfortunately, you know, in order to get something like this greenlit, you almost have to be a name. Unfortunately. Um, I, I, I get people who have a complicated history of this movie or who, who feel conflict with this movie. It's very much how I feel about Django Unchained because I dig so many elements of that movie, but I just imagine Quentin Tarantino, you know, being in his, being in his house, writing the N word over and over and giggling. I just, I, I get it. I get it y'all. So, but some incredible shots in this movie, um, the costume design, holy shit. The costume designing is fucking amazing in this movie absolutely love it um and then where the film ends up i i I really enjoyed so i would definitely say it's definitely worth watching your um watching yourself at least once but uh absolutely really dug the movie definitely stuck with me uh just couldn't find a uh a spot for it on the list and then um i'm gonna go ahead and throw out uh two more uh so one of these is a movie that is on Paramount Plus. You can go and stream it now. And as someone who's a giant nerd, um, <laughs> a giant nerd, um, I will say I love that this is a thing. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Fucking love Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I haven't played it in a while. I'm looking to change that this year, hopefully. But I love this fucking movie. Um, it's one of my favorite ensemble casts in the last couple of years. Um, just going down the line, um, Chris Pine, Michelle, <coughs> pardon me, uh, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, uh, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant has turned into such an awesome, like, hokey villain. Um, he's great. I fucking love Hugh Grant. This new, like, I'm just going to be a drunk kind of playboy Hugh Grant. Like, he has to thank that fucking CGI bear, Paddington, for saving his fucking career. Because ever since Paddington 2, he, between this and, like, The Gentleman, um, and then uh, Operation Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Poo, the whatever, <laughs> that, that Jason Statham movie, um, um, he's kind of been in his bag. So I got to give Hugh Grant some, some credit there. But absolutely dug this movie. Uh, Chris Pine... You can tell Chris Pine just having a blast, and I know the film didn't do well. I know that was part of, uh, you know, that's part of the part, partially to blame on the pandemic as well. But run this back, seriously, run the shit the fuck back. Advertise it more, but run the shit back. It th- this was this was a blast. I had so much fun with this. Um, highly recommend it. Well worth your time. And then uh, the last film I will go ahead and shout out here um, that I that I really that I really enjoyed that just not going to be room for it on the list. Um, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Um, I have been a Ninja Turtles fan since I was a kid. 
um, there is a, if I can ever get my hands on it, there's a picture of um, me holding a Donatello doll. Donatello was my favorite, still is my favorite. Fucking love Donnie. Um, it's the first time they've ever felt, at least in a like a film, it's the first time they've really felt like teenagers. And the fact that they have teenagers going ahead and voicing all the turtles, I mean, A, that definitely helps. But the fact that they had them all in a room together when they are filming uh, their lines, it goes uh, recording their lines, it goes ahead and it really lends this instant credibility, like the way that they actually talk over each other at points, like teenagers do, like brothers definitely do, like siblings definitely do absolutely love the way that they go ahead and and do that um uh i uh io or i can never io or ao uh ao i think it's ao uh edibri uh who you of course you know from the bear uh bottoms um she's she's on top of the world right now a theater camp i'm so happy she's uh she's having her moment but um but she's amazing as april o'neill in this um she actually uh, she absolutely crushes it as uh, as April O'Neil. Um, absolutely love her. Um, so the animation is top notch. Um, it's very much that kind of like heavily inspired by Spider Verse, um, you know, uh, sort of vibe to it. But it has one of the best sequences I've ever seen in an animated film uh, set to No Diggity. Um, it's incredible. It, it, it's honestly fucking perfect. I've gone back and watched that sequence. Just that sequence alone, easily a dozen times. Like I absolutely love the way that Mutant Mayhem looks. I love the way that it vibes. Uh, the soundtrack, uh, Shocker, is uh, is excellent as well. It's just, it's one of those movies that just does everything right. Um, I just, I, I, I just, I can't begin to express how brilliant this fucking movie is and the fact that we are getting a sequel thank god and apparently we are getting um we're getting a show as well so they're definitely running this back again thank god um i absolutely love this movie um the fact that and i won't go off on the whole oscar thing i'll probably save that for maybe a week or two but the fact that elemental got nominated over mutant hate mayhem is a fucking travesty. It bothers me so much. That's the snub everyone should be talking about. Um, seriously, watch watch Mutant Mayhem. Uh, <laughs> hey, Larry, I see you. Yeah, you need you need to watch it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's 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 an amazing flick. Please watch it as soon as you get a chance. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely incredible. Fucking love the movie. It it rules. It's fucking ex- excellent. Um, you know, I'm gonna throw out one more movie. I'm gonna throw out one more. Um, um, it's American fiction. Um, I'm so happy for Jeffrey Wright for getting his nomination for playing uh, Monk Ellison. I'm such a fan of Jeffrey Wright. He might go down as my favorite Commissioner Gordon when it's all said and done. Uh, but you know Jeffrey Wright from Asteroid City, which he's great in Source Code, uh, Ideas on March, um, Game Night. Um, Ali, Rustin, um, Shaft, like French Dispatch, uh, the Batman, of course, No Time to Die. Motherfucker's talented. And I think he's been one of our best actors for years. 
and it's really never gotten his credit. And I'm so happy that he's finally getting his props. Um, I I know it's probably going to be Cillian Murphy or Paul Giamatti, but I would not be mad if uh, if Jeffrey Wright won. Um, I'm so happy as well for Sterling K. Brown, who of course you know you know from Black Panther and Waves and uh, uh, Stay Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul. Uh, I'm such a fan of Jeffrey uh, of uh, Sterling K. Brown. I'm so happy that both these these proud black men are being nominated and respected for the work that they turned out. Um, I really want to see a Jeffrey Wright, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross rom-com. Um, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, my God, that woman doesn't age. Um, so fine. Um, but she's, she's great in this. And I was just, I was so happy to see so many people color. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're in this. Oh hell yeah. You're in this. And, um, I haven't shouted her out yet. Um, but, Emily Emily Blunt getting a uh, getting a best supporting actress nomination for uh, Oppenheimer fucking bothers me. I think she is a plot device at best in that movie. I know she has this incredible speech near the end of the film. I in no way think that that warrants her getting her nomination. Um, it bothers me that Erica Alexander didn't get a nomination because I think she deserved it because her and Jeffrey Wright, their chemistry is fucking off the page. Um, I think she was more deserving. I think um, uh, Ao was more deserving. I think uh, Joanne Moore for uh, May December was more deserving. I think there are several people who are more deserving than Emily Blunt, but I'd probably put Erica Alexander at the top of that list. I think I think she does an incredible job in this. And while I have not been a fan of hers, um, I'm going to go ahead and call a spade a spade. Um, she did this movie little, and I just think she sucks in it. And <laughs> I, I fucking hated her in that movie. But I'm going to give I'm going to give her props because fair is fair. Fair is fair. Um, Issa Rae is growing on me. She's really starting to grow on me. Um, obviously, President Barbie. You know, Barbie was kind of a big movie, but between that. And her in uh, Spider Verse and the hate you give, um, he's grown on me. And her and Jeffrey Wright, they have a conversation about black media and black stories in this movie that I really actually had to pause the movie and go, "Fuck, okay." It really caught me off guard in that sort of way, and I and I I have to give her, her I gotta give her, I gotta give her credit on that. Um, yeah, Larry, you're right. The Oscars can't go a year without Pixar. Uh, we should try though. We should try one year, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, but absolutely loved American fiction. Um, for Black History Month, I'll definitely have a review up for, uh, of that, but, um, uh, absolutely adore the movie. And, um, yeah, so, uh, y'all, um, that's it. That's it for my first stream. I'm um, going to keep this one kind of short. I mean, almost 90 minutes. That's that's not too bad. But um, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to be back on on uh, Saturday. I'm going to be back on. I'm going to be talking about, as I mentioned, my best of and worst of. Um, top 10 for both. That stream will be live this Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm really excited to go ahead and, and uh, run this back and uh, be back here with y'all. But uh, 
everyone um seriously thank you so much for watching i appreciate y'all um i appreciate y'all and uh yeah seriously thank you so much for taking the time to watch my first stream uh this will be the first of many but uh stay safe out there take care of each other and never forget as always to keep it real